1: Flushcare.com/slash/weightloss. Oh, the eleven to one show.
2: L-M-F-M. We've sent the turkey, the twins, but could Ireland's Eurovision hopes lie in heavy metal tin whistle? More after Huey Lewis and the news on eleven to one. Huey Lewis on the news. It is Wednesday morning, 11 to 1. Sinead Brussel here with you. Hope you're keeping well this morning. All talks of Eurovision already. Is it just me or does it sort of get earlier and earlier every year, this chat about Eurovision? Well, we need something, don't we, to distract us through the dark, gloomy January. And this is just the thing. Good tubbing. This is a phrase that pops up all the time. Lately. It, it's like it's such a cool thing to say. And I remember it was one of these things that teachers used to always say when they were doing Irish, Gutubbin, you know, when they were talking about, you know, anything. Like, hurry up and just, you know, get your books. topic, Gutopic, Gutopic. That's Gutopic. Gutubbin is suddenly, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd like for dramatic effect, they'd throw in an L, Gutubbin, every now and again. Well, now, Gutubbin is the name of this new song that uh, could be heading. For Eurovision. Yeah, I'm liking this. Ailsha. Okay, so Ailsha is a rising Irish heavy metal artist and she is battling for the honour of representing Ireland at Eurovision 2024. So no Irish act has qualified for the Eurovision final since Ryan O'Shaughnessy in 2018. Um, we did have kind of people heading to the semi finals, which was good. And of course, last year we had Wild Youth. They were chosen to represent Ireland in Liverpool, but they failed to make it past the semi final stage, despite the fact that their song We Are One was really, really good, I think. But could this, could our hopes and dreams lie in heavy metal? Okay, so she is a heavy metal artist looking to battle it out. She has a song. And it's gonna remind you of your Irish essays because it's called Gethubin, okay? Here it is. I'm gonna give you a little taster of chat in action with Getubbin. board. I'm on board. That is heavy metal tin whistle. Okay, Can we just have a moment for heavy metal tin whistle? I am all for this. Do you remember Lordy and everyone was going ah those Egypts that dressed up and they'll never do. They won. They won the Eurovision. I think the likes of it, we could, we could do it. Ailsha, I think we need to go completely left of field people. Left of field now when it comes to the Eurovision. I Absolutely loving this. I can see the meddlers loving this. They're going to be moshing away to good tubbing. Uh, now, look, we'll have to, you know, wait and see because, of course, the Irish people will need to have their say with regards to this. And there's going to be a late, late show special. It's coming up at the end of the month, uh, the 26th of January. I think that's the last Friday. And they're going to have all of the contestants involved in this. So Erica Cody, we have uh, she has kind of thrown her hat into the ring as well pretty early on with this. Now look, I've listened to a bit of hers it's just, look it, it's great, but it's the same stuff that we always kind of send to Eurovision, I'm going to say. I think we need to kind of go big. We need to go dramatic. We need to bring out all the bells and metal tin whistle for this. I'm really pinning my hopes on that, Ailsha. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. I really do. Uh, what do you think, though? 086 Yola, goodbye Yellow Brick Road and LMFM's 11 to 1. What god-awful racket was that? God, no. That's just one on 086-1800-658. Reaction to Gatubbin by Ailcha. I wonder what you're going to make of Erica Cody. I will play you a little bit of her as well. And I've got music from Nile Horan on the way. Oh, L-M-F-M.
1: The 11 to 1 show.
2: Go it's the song that I'm hoping is going to head for the Eurovision. And so is Derek in Dundalk. He says, yes, to heavy metal for Eurovision. Come on, the tin whistle on 086 1800 658. Apparently, this song by Ailsha, uh, it is about somebody who is trying to speak in Irish like me, but they don't remember much of it. Uh, so it's kind of that Irish experience of learning the language in school for so long, but just remembering random phrases like will Cathagum dolgalian Leheris or "Gutubin." Do you know what I mean? Or Gamalesh Gale, or things that your teacher said all the time, and we've no memory of anything else. That's what the song is about. I mean, that is cool. That is very cool. And the fact that it has heavy metal tin whistle is something I am very much on board with. Now I am going to give you a little taster of Erica Cody. I do like Erica Cody, but I will say that this song is very similar to stuff that we send to the Eurovision all the time. Here it is though. Love me like I do. So don't call me a end You always wanted to see me burn But I set my own heart on fire Oh, it's too safe. It's too safe. Come on. We need to get behind Ailtra. That's what I'm going to say. Uh, 086-1800-658 for some of your messages uh, coming in on WhatsApp and text. It would be nice to send somebody different to the Eurovision. is right. But why do we send unknowns to represent us? Like is somebody like Cleona Hagen now, who's also an opera singer, would be great, says Alice in Mahara Clune. Yeah, like, I mean, we like I think it's kind of always been, though, that way, hasn't it? You know, that we've sent an unknown. I mean, people only got maybe their name because of Eurovision, you know. But look it, I'm behind the tin whistle. Are you? Let me know. 086 658. Now, getting back to the music, here's Niall Horan. <laughs> Niall Horin with Heaven. Now, you know how I love a study on the show and research and things like that. Well, I need your help this morning because we're going to be talking about this very shortly. It's all to do with Lidl and they have released this research into support for female sport in Ireland. But I'm just wondering if we can do a survey of our own on 086 1800 658. And it's just a curiosity that I want to do this. But um, I'm wondering how many of you have attended A live women's sporting event ever, just ever. So it could be a GAA match, could be hurling, could be a boxing match, even any sporting event that's live, that's support, that's a female event. Have you attended one ever? Let me know, 086 1800 658. I just want to see what the results of this actually reveal in our own area here because it, um, this research that uh, Lidl have conducted, very important research. And it's all about, you know, changing our attitudes and changing unconscious bias that we might have towards the uh, female sport. And this is all um, leading up to, of course, uh, the 2024 Lidl National Football League launch, which is today. So we're going to be finding out more about this and Lidl are very much getting behind the fight to support live female sports. So I'm wondering, have you ever attended a live women's sporting event Let me know 086 1800 658. Could be a simple yes or no, or you could describe the event you went to. I'd love to know 086 1800 658. Here's the water Boys with Fisherman's Blues lots of you getting in touch thank you so much all I'm looking for is a yes or no answer but you can tell me what exactly this sporting event was that you attended on 086 1800 658 good mix there there are a lot of yeses which I'm uh, very encouraged to see as well we're going to be talking more about this now with Emer O'Sullivan she's Lidl Ireland's Corporate Affairs Director and she's going to talk all about the research uh, into support for female sport that Lidl have conducted recently
1: the 11 to 1 show
2: Lots of messages coming in on WhatsApp and text and on 086 1800 658 I asked you how many of you have attended a live women's sporting event so have you ever attended one yes or no and you can tell us what uh, sporting event it was if you prefer but do keep those coming in we're talking about this because almost 60% of Irish people have never attended a female sports event startlingly high figures which have prompted Lidl Ireland and the Gaelic Football Association to urge us to get behind the fight and support Support live female sport. So, this research has been unveiled as the 2024 Lidl National Football League season is launched, and they're hoping this campaign will increase attendances as the league gets underway. Joining me now to tell us more is Emer O'Sullivan, she's Lidl Ireland's Corporate Affairs Director. Emer, you're so welcome. Thank you so much for joining us this morning.
0: Thank you so much for having
2: me. Great to have you. Now, we are doing our little uh, survey here, which is great. Lots of yeses coming in. Lots of people saying all Mead Ladies Games, including the All-Ireland, says one. Club and County, says another. The Female uh, Rugby Games, uh, says another one here as well. The Women's World Cup in Australia, another person as well. So lots of people coming in saying yes, which is encouraging. But the statistics are alarmingly high from this research. Almost 60% of Irish people have never attended a female sports event. Were you surprised by this, Emer? Yeah, so
0: look, we have been partnered with um, the Ladies Gaelic Football Association since 2016. Um, so we've learned a lot about um, women in sport over the last couple of years. And in order to launch our new Get Behind the Fight campaign, um, we did commission this research really circling in on, you know, growing attendance and what attendance means um, to the players, but also, um, you know, how many people are actually really showing up and, um, you know, being there for the girls when they are playing. And as you mentioned, there was some very kind of stark findings from the research. So 60% of Irish people have never attended a female sporting event um, and Irish people are five times more likely to attend a career Men's sporting event over um, an equivalent female sporting event. Um, I think what's also you know quite striking is that forty-six uh, percent um, believe that male sport is generally better to watch. Um, so mm. quite a, quite stark findings. Um, however, you know, in looking through the research, we do see a huge opportunity or many opportunities in terms of growing. You know, not just LGFA mm-hmm. um, and but also women's sport in general. Um, 42% of the population are interested in attending um, female sports events. So hopefully um, some of those people are texting into you now um, and 40% of them are getting their information on female sports from social media. So, you know, we really need to look at this research carefully and yeah. look at where, where are the opportunities in order to, um, you know, continue to grow women's sport. There's been a huge amount done over the last, you know, five, six years. And we can also see it, obviously, in the likes of the... Um, the women's soccer as well mm-hmm. last year and um, so there is kind of you know a wave coming and we just need to ensure that we continue to put the pressure on and um, because it is so important for you know it has a huge psychological impact on yeah. participants in the game but also equally attendances are so important for the revenue streams and for sports organisations um, which you know continue to grow uh, the sport in general as well
2: Absolutely and were, were people giving reasons why was it just sort of a lack of awareness around the fact that women's games are even happening? or what were sort of the main reasons for not attending?
0: Yeah, when we look at the barriers identified in the research um, and how to kind of overcome them, a couple of ones stood out. So venues not being easy to get to was 37%. Not knowing anyone that's playing, 34%. Ticket prices being too high, 34%. And then interesting, a lack of media coverage mm. was 40%. Um, so, you know, again, that does give us opportunity. And I suppose for us and our partnerships, with the LGFA, um, we've really invested in, um, you know, growing those role models with our legal ambassadors, such as, you know, Dublin's Carla Rowe, Ali Cahill features in our new ad. And I think that's really, really important. You know, we often hear the term, you know, if you can't see it, you can't be it. Um, and we really want to elevate their profiles and ensure that, you know, they're front and centre of our ad campaigns as well. And um, what it also tells us is, you know, parents are really, really important.
2: Um, yes. In
0: terms of, you know, attending games, showing up for, you know, you know, their boys and their girls um, sporting events as well, ensuring that, um, you know, that influence is is really important Um, and bringing their kids to female sporting events just as much as they would bring them to male sporting events as well. Um, We also need to look at, I suppose, how we're targeting Um, you know these sporting events to the public so as I mentioned you know social media and media Mm -hmm. are really really important um, and not maybe just using the traditional sports media but going further afield into social media um, and ensuring that we're getting the message out there really really strongly
2: Oh completely and you know it's good that you've mentioned kids in this because I see it myself even uh, with my son he's only seven but he was really annoyed the other day when it was female players that came up on his football game and it was only then when I had a chat with him and I showed him like say you know as you mentioned the, the women's soccer team and, and he started to realise but it starts that young this idea that women's um, uh, sporting events are not as exciting and I mean I have no idea where he picked up this sort of you know unconscious bias I suppose that he has in, in his young mind at the age of seven
0: Absolutely and I think you know particularly in the last couple of years we've really seen the skills level um, of LGFA and also more generally in female sports really um, excel and um, as I mentioned with the the women's uh, Irish team as well um, last year, and even if you look back on the um, the LGFA final um, last year, like that was such an exciting game. Yeah. the skill level was really brought to a next level. And um, so I think we really need to highlight that and show, you know, it can it is exciting. And um, it you know they continue to get better every year um, and you know people are at the edge of their seats watching them.
2: Yeah completely and you mentioned there and I have to bring this into the equation as well because Lidl have created a really fantastic hard-hitting TV and outdoor ad campaign uh, which is really kind of you know calling us to, to action to get behind the fight so tell us a little bit more about the ads that'll be appearing on television.
0: Absolutely. So over the course of our sponsorship, um, we've committed to investing 10 million euro in 10 years of sponsorship, which brings us up to 2025. And, you know, hopefully your listeners will be familiar with um, the the last two really powerful ad campaigns. Um, I I don't think you could have missed them over the last couple of years. And we really feel like this one get behind the fight um, is is kind of matching that and kind of bringing it to the next level as well. And for the first time, this ad campaign is really targeting You know the public, and there's a very clear call to action for them um, to get behind the fight, get to these games, Mm. not just you know the championship final, but all of the games that ladder up um, to that um, throughout the year. Um, So it's really there's a clear call to action, and we're also really proud to have um, Sinead O'Connor and Mandinka song um, and behind the ad as well.
2: Brilliant, which is
0: yeah a really kind of a rallying cry as well. I think it's, it's just an amazing fit. And it's brilliant to be able to kind of, you know, have such an iconic song um, behind girls in the ad as well, which I know um, they loved too.
2: Yeah, and I'd, I'd say Sinead O'Connor would be absolutely proud to be, to be involved in something like this completely. Um, so Lidl Ireland and the Gaelic Football Association, they are launching uh, Lidl's National Football League season today in Croke Park. And in the coming weeks, there's going to be so many opportunities for us to support top class female sports. So give us an idea of some of the, the matches coming up.
0: Yeah, so the Division 4 games um, have already kind of kicked off um, and we have Division 1 that is starting with a bang um, on January 20th, um, so um, in the next couple of days. That'll kick off with um, TG, Carr, All-Ireland finalists, Dublin, Kerry, Meeting in Paranal Park at five fifteen, and that's a live TG Cahar, um fixture. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will also have a number of other games, Division Two and Division Three campaigns getting underway, um, as well as Round Two um, fixtures of Division Four um, and further along the line. So we're, you know, it's really kicking off with a bang. It's getting more competitive every year, and we're really looking forward to an exciting kind of league season, uh, laddering up to the league final in April.
2: Absolutely, and just bringing back to your earlier point as well about youngsters. You know, there's so many, there's so much research done into girls dropping out of sport I mean if we continue to not show up for professional you know athletes and sports uh, people you know we're, we're, we're telling the, our youth the, the wrong message as well in terms of how our attitudes are towards women so 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 important to, to get to these games it really does what do you hope that the public will take on board from all of this
0: um, well, I'm actually dialing in live from the um, the launch today that we're having in the yep. Crow Park Museum. We've a number of kind of different sports personalities: um, Gordon Darcy, former Ireland um, rugby player; um, Carla Rowe, our legal ambassador, and uh, Dublin LGFA player, as well as Stephanie Roach um, from Shamrock Rovers. Added, and they're really talking about their experience and how you know it's this, this huge psychological impact that it has having the crowd behind them. Um, at plays and really at uh, games and how can really give you that extra 10% you need to kind of push through um, when times get tough on the pitch. Um, we've also had international speakers, so um, Lindsay Peterson from the University of Nebraska um, is here speaking to us about how she was able to get more than 90,000 people at a women's volleyball game uh, as well last year. Amazing. So that's the world record for the most amount of people at a female sporting event, which is fantastic. And, you know, she has said it's a long journey, mm-hmm. um But they started off small and they really built it, particularly over the last, you know, five years. And so definitely a lot of learnings that we're taking on board and how, you know, really treating um, these kind of events as events. And, you know, it is entertainment and making sure that we, you know, make sure that we really bring everything that we can to the event. And that's, I suppose, our role as well as sponsors to ensure that, you know, um, we're getting the best kind of facilities for these kind of events and and making sure that we get as many people to sign up or to attend as possible through you know the reach that we have in the in our stores across the country and through these kind of ad campaigns that we're doing to like really bring uh, women's sport to the fore.
2: Absolutely I think it's incredibly important for a huge brand like Lidl to support research like this and to, to conduct research like this and to highlight the issues facing women in sport. Thank you so much Emer, for taking the time out to chat with us today. Thank you so much. Thanks a million. Imer O'Sullivan there. Very interesting food for thought. This research uh, that has been conducted by Lidl and they are very much urging us to get behind the fight and support live female sports. So watch out for the ad campaign. It'll be coming on TV very soon.
1: Oh, L-M-F-M. The 11 to 1 show.
2: L-M-F-M. An iconic show had its TV debut on this day in 1999. More after Top Loader and 11 to 1. Top loader dancing in the moonlight now it's time to go back in time to 1999 LMFM northeast update With Senator Windows, Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy-efficient home you're proud of. Call oh eight one eight double seven double four double five. Oh yes, one of the most iconic characters in TV, Tony Soprano. He debuted on HBO, starring of course uh, James Gandolfini. The Sopranos on this day in nineteen ninety nine. And today is Peculiar People Day. It's here to celebrate the leaders of the strange and unusual, those who refuse to succumb to the world's idea of what is normal and sane. So peculiar people peculiar people day, today is your opportunity to shine. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drada, Dundalk, and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows. Tina Turner, what's love got to do with it? News at 12 is approaching, but still to come. The one where the script was thrown in the bin. Plus, BT Young Scientist and Technology Exhibition celebrates 60 years on the go.
1: The 11 to 1 show.
2: The one where the script was thrown in the bin. More on this after Belinda Carlisle. On air, online, on your smart speaker, this is LMFM, Belinda Carlisle. Leave a light on. Sinead Brazel here with you. And... Oh, it was nearly a disaster. The one that was almost thrown out. I am talking about Friends. Mm. And specifically, two original scripts for the show, Friends. Including the one with Ross's wedding, part one and part two. Apparently... These were thrown away after the episodes were filmed in London. So they were the last episodes of season four of the sitcom which first aired in 1998 and featured the iconic plot twist where Ross says the wrong name. I take you, Rachel, at the altar. But the scripts were discovered in a bin by a studio worker who had kept them in a drawer ever since. Fair play to him. The man is now in his 60s. He wants to remain anonymous. um, But he recently came across the scripts when he was clearing out his house during a move so uh, they were at the time the cast and crew uh, asked for all the scripts to be destroyed to prevent the plot leaking so you know around that time so hence why it was in the bin but obviously this quick thinking studio worker fished it out of the bin and thought you know what this could be worth a few quid someday and now he's right because they are being auctioned off Uh, so they're up for auction uh, on Friday they're expected to sell for about 700 €900, euro, around that kind of thing. Uh, Hanson's auctioneers also say uh, they are, have a standby ticket to um, filming at Fenton Studios on the 2nd of April 1998 as well, up for auction. And they also have two DVDs, the fourth and fifth season. That's all included in the lot. So there you go. The one that almost got thrown out. Now, what else is happening in the world of celebrity? The
0: buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app.
1: Hi, I'm Max. Netflix dropped the trailer for the new Six Nations
2: series this week, which starts on the 24th of January. Here's a snippet
1: It's time for the Six Nations.
2: The Six Nations is
1: the tournament to decide the best team in Europe. This is the oldest rugby competition on earth. Down goes Davis, just shot of the line. The rivalry is
3: colossal.
1: Ireland, the world number one. You're the ones that's getting hunted down. Give everything. Everything. Players gotta be able to deal with all the highs and lows. All as coaches, you've gotta know what makes people tick. Always felt like an outsider. I feel like
2: I've lost confidence. My body's absolutely broken. This is the last chance. I struggle with mental health for years. I'm not afraid to say it. It looks like Lady Gaga's getting ready for a comeback. Photos have been released of her in a studio working
1: on some new music. We don't have a release date yet. Idris Elba has said that he isn't trying to promote a rap career with the release of his new single, "Knives
2: Down. He says he wants to do something bigger with this single.
1: I don't think there's anything light. I'm not making, a you know, trying to promote a rap career or anything like that. I just feel like music can sometimes just, you know, um, penetrate in a different way. That's The Buzz. I'm
2: Max. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. I think that could work. Giselleba as a rap star I know he's not like fully into it but I do think that would be a good move from anyway getting back to the music here's Lewis Capaldi
1: counting days counting days since my love up lost on me
2: Lewis Capaldi with bruises now 60 years on the go and inspiring so many to pursue a career in the stem industries we're going to be finding out more about this year's BT young scientist and technology exhibition next <laughs>
1: 11 to 1 show
2: Students and teachers have descended upon the RDS Dublin today as the historic 60th BT Young Scientist and Technology Exhibition begins. 550 projects from 219 schools are on display, spanning the four exhibition categories of Technology, Biological and Ecological Sciences Social and Behavioural Sciences Chemical, Physical and Mathematical Sciences and a fifth new category introduced this year, Health and Wellbeing. A judging panel of 85 experts from the world of STEM and business will have the challenging task of choosing over 200 prize winners, including the overall BT Young Scientist and Technologists of the Year. Joining me now to tell us more is Head of BT Young Scientist and Technology Exhibition, Mary Culhan. Mary, you're very welcome to 11 to 1. How are you getting on? Good thank you very much. I'd say you're buzzing this morning. 60 years this is a huge historic milestone for BT Young Scientist and Technology Exhibition this year. I'd say the the it's it's even more special this year, isn't it?
3: Oh, it really is. Um, it's great, and do you know what was great this year to, to spend some time yesterday with co-founder Dr. Tony Scott, and actually our first ever winner John Monaghan as well. Um, we, we got a little chance to catch up yesterday, so they're buzzing as well. So uh, everybody's really looking forward to it.
2: Oh, fantastic! So the the founder of the whole ex- of the whole competition was there. So talk to me about him and how this competition came about in the first place.
3: Yeah, so uh, Dr. Tony Scott co-founded the exhibition with uh, his mentor and lecturer um, back in, they came up with the idea in 1963 when Father Tom Burke was on a trip to the States. So the first exhibition then was in 1965. So look, it, it's become a national institution. I hope yes. people will agree with me in saying that. Yes. Um, and it's just because the ethos of the, the events and the competition has stayed of fame over all that time. It's all about the young people. It's all about them talking about their projects and doing research.
2: It really is. Now, for people not familiar, what exactly is the exhibition all about? Because this, the preparation for this starts well into last year, doesn't it, with schools?
3: Yes, yeah, absolutely. We go out every February talking about the next year's exhibition. The the- people, but then you'll have some people that will have come up with an idea and may have worked on it for a few years, some a few months. So it all depends. Yeah, so so the, the ethos are that... The nub of of the event is it's a science, technology, engineering and maths competition for 12 to 19 year olds. So the whole way through the senior cycle. We also have a primary science fair because we want to get the younger um, students in as well. So that's from nine to 12 year olds as well. So it's getting them to look at research and how to develop ideas, talk about the ideas, present them to the judges and the public and everything else. and, And that's the nub of the whole thing.
2: And, you know, there's always such a huge interest, which is fantastic every year from schools. And I think there was a rough estimate done on how many projects and students have taken part in the, in the 60 years. Yeah. So we
3: reckon 150,000 students, 100,000 projects Amazing. over six years, which is absolutely
2: brilliant. That really, really is. Now, the pressure's on a bit now for students taking part. You've over 500 projects on Ed display again this year. Give us an idea of some of the work that the students have been involved in.
3: Yeah, so there are 550 projects, uh, around 1,100 students, I believe, uh, taking part this year. One of the things that we did to mark the 60th was we introduced a new category yes. uh, called Health and Wellbeing. So they're the projects I'm interested in having a look at uh, very much this year as well. So the students are looking, of course, about the core science subjects around physics, chemistry, biology, and maths. But they, and they use those then in, in technology and different ways. Um, But they're looking at sustainability, climate change, Mm -hmm. looking at their local environment, but also looking at their futures and how they can make a difference to their own futures, be that from a well-being point of view. or from an environmental point of view as well. So there's so many topics, like 550 projects. I don't think any of them are the same.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. There's there's such variety, and they always astound me every year with what they come up with. And I know as well. There's always a very very strong interest from the northeast area as well entering again this year.
3: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, always great to see see the schools and see repeat schools every year and new schools always like seeing new schools as well so yeah it's always great to to welcome the participants the teachers and parents and communities from from the northeast
2: and now you've over 200 prizes up for grabs but it is very tough to be crowned overall winner there's there's an awful lot uh, at stake here for for the overall winner isn't there
3: there is indeed and i i am so thankful we've 85 judges helping us make that decision (laughs) it's not one we have to do because it it is sort of a very onerous task and and something that our judges take very very seriously so the overall winner or winners could be an individual or a group project um win seven and a half thousand euro
2: amazing uh,
3: but they will also be the representatives of ireland at the european union uh, contest for young scientists in September, which takes place in Katowice in Poland Um, and lots of different activity in between um, that as well from winning here on Friday through to that event in September.
2: And what's great to see as well is a lot of the previous winners uh, of of Young Scientists have pursued careers in the STEM industry, which is really encouraging to see.
3: Yes, absolutely. Uh, we've, got, we've Actually, I'm going into a meeting in about 20 minutes to speak to some of the alumni. And also I mentioned the primary science fair earlier on where some of our past winners are coming back to judge that for us. Oh, um, yes. So I know a number of those, if they haven't set up their own companies, have gone into academic life um, and are, are doing sort of PhDs and different things as well. But look, it's not all about the, the, the sort of... That part and, yeah. and, and the high levels, like I, I like to see the people that are coming that have participated that may have decided to do an apprenticeship or mm-hmm. got involved in STEM in a, in, on a different route as well. So that's what an event like this will open up the mindset for the young people taking part.
2: And that's what it's all about, opening up that mindset, because sometimes people can think that the STEM uh, subjects, you know, like technology, math, science are, you know, a bit intimidating. But something like this, I've you know, it's it, it's really fun and really interesting for kids to be involved in.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. Like the only thing that could, that if you're constrained by is your your own lack of curiosity or yeah, curiosity yeah. so like it, it, yeah you can do it really do it. I'm just sorry myself I didn't do when I was in secondary school Oh listen um, myself yeah. included
2: yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I really was jealous of the people then that were going off to, to, to Young scientists around this time of the year and there was always that kind of announcement and you could hear the pride in the principal's voice you know wishing them well going off and then of course when they'd come back with different awards as well so yeah it was something I do regret absolutely as as a youngster myself but it's something that kids should be involved in. So today is the official opening. President Michael D. Higgins is going to be there this morning. There's so much to enjoy for people just attending. There's lots of different events, isn't there?
3: Yeah, there are lots of different events. So we're open to the public from tomorrow. We're sold out tomorrow morning.
2: Oh, wow. We have have
3: plenty of... uh, Room for people to come and visit. Um, What we've announced this morning is if anybody wants to come Thursday, Friday and Saturday to pop Mm -hmm. in for the last sort of three hours of the exhibition, as long as you come after two o'clock, it's two euro. Oh, fantastic. Um, And that's just for people in the locality and stuff that are people maybe coming home from work or taking an early day from work or schools or not really schools because they need to go through school business process. Mm -hmm. But anybody in the vicinity, just pop in. If people can pop in, um, and I know... A lot of your listeners probably won't be able to make that journey. Just go online on www.btyoungscientist.com. We're streaming the opening ceremony and the awards ceremony live on there. All of the student projects will be up to view from tomorrow morning. Oh, great. And then there's information about our special acts for those that want to come and visit in person. So if you go on to visit the exhibition on our website, all the information is there.
2: So you can be part of the action from the comfort of a home, which is brilliant. And, exactly. you know, when you yes. think of the incredible legacy the competition has left, like it's just remarkable to think of the impact that it's had on the lives of the students. You must be so proud to be the head of this competition, Mary.
3: Yeah, it's a real privilege, actually, more than being proud. It's, it's, it's an honour and privilege to uh, have BT Ireland and the board of the Unscientific Technology Exhibition to in- to allow me to do it uh, now for 24 years Um, I've been involved in the project um, and it's something that I absolutely love and my own colleagues I have 200 colleagues here from BT Ireland this week helped me run the exhibition and they adore it Uh, as well well. so the legacy it has for BT and for all the companies involved is absolutely amazing.
2: It really is and no better woman to be heading up the competition we'll let you get back to all the hustle and bustle this morning but thank you so much for joining us No problem. Thanks for the opportunity. It's on on today until January 13th, and you can find out more information at btyoungscientist.com. Back to the music. Here's Keen Duck Rowe. Keen Duck Rowe, heaven on LMFM's 11 to 1. Now, he might be on top of his game, but this Irish actor admits he feels massive loneliness. More in this story. Plus, I've got music from David Gray on the way.
1: 11 to 1
2: show You're listening to LMFM's 11 to 1, David Gray with Sail Away. Now he might be at the top of his game but this Irish actor has admitted to feeling massive loneliness and it's really important that we have people like Barry Keoghan having these conversations around things. So he um, was speaking to GQ magazine and you know we might look at this uh, amazing star who's, you know, uh, trending all over the place because of Saltburn and he's at the awards and he's picking up all these well-deserved accolades and he's really, you know, that fantastic story of, you know, somebody that's had a really difficult life that's worked so hard and is now doing tremendously well in Hollywood and it must be amazing and what's his life like and wouldn't it be great to be him? Well, maybe not all the time because uh, he has spoken, as I say, of feeling massive loneliness while his career continues to reach new heights. So uh, he has gotten uh, he got a nod for best actor in Saltburn as well and of course we've you know praising him all over the place here but he said to GQ magazine um, that during the premiere of Saltburn in one of the noisiest busiest cities in the world New York he felt like he was alone. He said the loneliness is there as well. It comes with this. It's a massive loneliness. It's hard not to talk about that or pretend that's not there. And he said he often thinks of his mother uh, who struggled with uh, a drug addiction and died when he was a child Uh, but he thinks of her often when he's by himself. He said, my mother always uh, she's many past past, uh, many years now but I think about her anyway and um, he said it's always kind of around those achievements that it's really prominent because you'd like to celebrate but you know she's not around anymore so it's really important like I say that you know this young guy such a huge star a lot of young people over here look up to him as well and he's talking and having this discussion that look this is the reality I have these times where I don't feel the best I have this huge loneliness and you know I don't really know how to kind of cope with all of that um And, you know, he says as well, you know, that sometimes it doesn't feel very real to be making Hollywood movies. He's like, you know, it can't be real. I'm going to wake up right now. In a second, I'll be like, oh, you know, that was some dream. Um, So he, I think he says uh, that, you know, it's important really to kind of highlight all this because, you know, so often we sort of look at these people and we think, God, don't they, haven't they got it all? Wouldn't it be great to live their lives? And we have these kind of things. But it's really important that they show the reality side of this as well. And I'd imagine um, even to us, it looks like glitz and glamour, but I imagine it must be exhausting, you know, paparazzi following you and all this kind of stuff and people wanting to know everything about you and following your every move. So it's important that people like Barry Keoghan have spoken about this. Uh, Now, I do have music from Hosier on the way, but first it's time for the jobs. LMFM Job Search with thanks to LMFM Online. Check out the latest Northeast news, sport and entertainment on lmfm.ie. Loud and Meath Education and Training Board invites applications from suitably qualified persons for the following position. It's a Grade 5 Senior Staff Officer, Abbey Road in Navan. For more details and applications, you can check out careers.lmetb.ie. And the closing date is the 22nd of January. Don't forget, you can check out all the jobs on the local job section on lmfm.ie. LMFM Job Search. Almost sweet music from Hosier. He is going to be playing the highly acclaimed Boston Calling Music Festival in May this year, and he's going to be joining some names like Ed Sheeran, The Killers, as well. And uh, he apparently he played that festival in 2019, but he's coming back as a headlining act. Fair play to him. Going to take a quick break and back with music from Heart.
1: Oh, L-M-S-M. The Eleven to One Show.
2: There's Hard to it Alone on LMFM's 11 to 1. Now, do you have a three-year itch? What is this? Well, apparently, a survey of 2,000 workers found that more than half said they had the three-year itch. It's a survey where people have gotten restless after three years in their job. If this is you, well, then tomorrow on the show, you're going to be very interested in our guest because I'm going to be chatting to Mark Carlin. He is a, I suppose... A kind of well-being life career transformational coach and he was a guy who kind of spent many years in the corporate world but knew that wasn't kind of you know where his heart lay and he took the leap and changed so we're going to be chatting all about his story we're going to be chatting about kind of making that leap if you want to change career and also your well-being as well heading into a new year we're going to be chatting to Mark on tomorrow's show but back to today and we've got time to squeeze this in here's the four of us There's the four of us finishing out the show for today. Thank you so much for your company. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday and I'll chat to you again tomorrow. Listen back to the 11 to 1 show podcast on LMFM.ie or the LMFM app.